Hey everybody, welcome. Hanging and banging once again. I am Ron Onesti on Artists on Lockdown here at Rock and Roll Heaven, right outside of Chicago at the uh, Arcata Theater in St. Charles. And I am so excited tonight. I don't even want to say the names yet. First, let's bring my brothers in arms, my co-hosts of the show. Uh, first of all, I know how to say this guy's name because he changed his name. Uh, you know from Dio, you know from Black Sabbath, you know from Last in Line, the one, the only, the amazing Vinny. Let's see, Appa C. Got it. <laughs> Follow the bouncing ball. Yeah, but I love what they were talking about earlier. Get the Vinny app. I'm telling uh, you. Let's get it out of the. Let's get it get it out of the way. You look good today, Ron. Thank What's you that me. new intro song? Where'd that come from, Carmine? That's awful. Well, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's because I'm going to bring that. How up. come? How come he's playing on it and not me? So let's bring uh, the the legend himself <laughs> from Vanilla Fudge, Jeff Beck, Rod Stewart, and everything else. Carmine apiece. And we have uh, your your two little brothers here. <laughs> I don't like that in that song at all. I don't like slide guitar. We're not a country show. We should have a better <laughs> oh. intro than. Okay, we got a well. Plus, it should you be got, both. You got something. I know you got. Well, yeah, let's I'll do something. I'll, I'll send something. But, but I got to ask yeah. you. We couldn't get you on the phone. Ooh. Oh, we don't need the phone. <laughs> Text me. No. But but I got to ask you, Vinny. I understand. Than what we had. Had. That's not a, that's the right song. It's better this. than what we had. But that's the point. Well, we, that's the whole point. I mean, I can understand, Vinny. You know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're a little concerned that you're not on that opening song. But you wait, wait, I, have to, I, I, hope, I hope Kenny and Simon are listening to this, what my brother holds <laughs> on me, just so they know. Okay. You know what? Let's bring them. Let's, is... let's do, let's do a, uh, something from our album. How's that? Yeah, that would be better. Okay, let's do it. Look at him. Now, see, just like a good big brother, he is just like, Okay, little brother, does this make you happy? That's fine. What he's doing right now? <laughs> I just wanted to get rid of the song we had. That's well, that sounds like a news broadcast. It's still in the beginning. It sounds like a news broadcast. Um, boom, boom, boom. So, then seven <laughs> o'clock news. Jagger is tired of satisfaction? I mean, come on. That's the song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> 50 years later. That's, hey, we got to Yeah, right. Exactly. We got a huge show, guys. Uh, first of all, you know, this is really, really exciting when you say these names. Let's bring them to the microphone right away. Um, first of all, you got uh, uh, a legend uh, from across the pond originally, but he's hanging out in the States these days. You know him from free. You know him, obviously. Whoa, what's going on here? Um, Bad you know company. company. Welcome to the stage, Mr. Simon Kirk, the man himself. Yeah. I can't believe it. There he is. Hey, Simon. Hey, 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 hey. Good to see you. Yeah. Good to see so, you, man. So, Simon, we're going to send you one of Carmine's hats. Say again? Yeah. Good. We're going to send you one of Carmine's hats, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like something from The Godfather. <laughs> um, that's right. It is. It is. He's, He's our godfather. Yep, that's it. That's the idea. I love, by the it, way, I did like that intro. I thought it was like a, a Spielberg Jurassic Park kind of intro. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vinny. I, I actually thought it. And the drums okay. at the beginning were, whoa, really good. Well, I showed him that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Hey, we got another guy waiting backstage, another legend. Um, I would mention the bands he was from, but we don't really have that much time. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's bring the great Kenny Arnoff onto the microphone. Yeah. Welcome to Artist hey. Lockdown. What's up, buddy? Hey, dude. How you going, Hey guys, Welcome man! I could fun. just you two guys. I could listen to the apathies <laughs> talk all day. It's it's like why do you have Kenny, why do you have us? Kenny, I mean, every, well, because we got to get your stories, and you know we're sick of each other. I got I to gotta get in between these two every week. It's like being the middle brother. I swear, I like, <laughs> but you know, you know what? Vinny said something that I always say. How come I'm not on that song? That one, <laughs> and then Simon said something that makes sense. You know what? You just have you know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> you know, drum fills and the Godfather team. Come on. Yeah, there you go. That's a good All idea. right, so before we get started, guys, 
you know, you know me from the arcade. I'm on the other side. You know, I've got the, the venues and stuff, but you guys are the legends and icons. And let me just, I want to say um, four, four things to all the drummers out there that is just going to make them just go out of their minds. You ready? Vinny Apice, Carmine Apice, Kenny Arnoff, Simon Kirk. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, this is amazing <laughs> tonight, guys. Really. On behalf of the fans, to all of you, even Vinny, to all of you, honest to God, thank you for what you've done for music for all of us all these years. It's out of control if you look at just, and we, it's unbelievable the amount of hits, and not just hits, you know, just even the B-sides that you guys have played on that we've enjoyed for so much. It's literally hundreds of songs from us to you guys. God bless you, and thank you so much. Thank Honestly. You. Right on. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. That was very well, nice, I mean, Ron. Man. But so with that being said, I would like to take about 45 minutes or so to talk about Vinny's hat. Um. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about how come Simon and I don't have the gold records and stuff behind us. Oh, the other guys. I don't want to bring it up. Well, no, I, just took, I just took the black scrim down today. <laughs> I should have left it up, and then would have been three, and Kenny would have been the only one. Yeah, but I just ah. put up. I know what else. I, those things have been stuck in my garage, so I thought. I finally thought. Well, I should put them up somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I have like I have like I hate to say I have thirteen hundred of those suckers. Yeah, I bet you do. Thirteen hundred yeah. what? Gold, platinum, diamond records. Yeah, yeah. Because look at with Mel, with Mellencamp, I had a, I think between all of the records, a hundred and fifty with just just him. Ooh. Wow. Well, I mean, I made that's like it's nine albums, and yeah. uh, and you know, back then when you do a gold record, you get a gold record, then it go platinum, and you get a platinum, then it go double platinum, and then triple. You know, you just keep giving me the same. Gone. You get all yeah. these records with the same album, you know. So yeah, yeah. You know, I, well, listen, all, we all, all, all mine are the same album. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know Those what I heard? Uh, albums, how how Someone told me that Hal Blaine had had a yeah. room with the the floor, the walls, and the ceiling. Right? We're yeah. all rec all records. Oh wow! wow. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, uh, wait, wait, know. but Kenny, you're right behind him, dude. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but I, <laughs> you are. You are. I, I can't. I'm not going to put him up. That's too, that's going to cost a lot of money <laughs> to put him up. Yeah. I remember well, when you have your remember, garage sale, your yard sale, call us, man. We're coming no, over. Hey, Carmine, tell everybody what you used to say when I'd come walking into Ocean Way or Henson or somewhere. What did you used to tell oh, me? Oh, man, I forgot, dude. I'm getting too old. Uh, no, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. You go, oh, no, Kenny. You oh, know, oh I, yeah. Oh, no, I got a better one. I got a better one for you. When, when you were moving to L.A., yeah. All the drummers in L.A. say, Kenny's moving here. Let's get him out of here. Yeah. Well, when you used to say, I'm going to buy you a one-way ticket home, Kenny. Yep, Come on. <laughs> Who was it? Comp too much competition? That was going on here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Kenny who's doing all the sessions. Well, what it was, I was playing on different <laughs> records, but it was just funny because I was. I was playing on a lot of records back you then. You know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, let, me, let me put something in perspective. When, when I was, did my first tour with Ringo, we, we had Peter Frampton, Jack Bruce, Gary Brooker. I mean, a wonderful lineup. And we were waiting for the boss to arrive. And we just said, you know, I wonder how many albums between us we've sold. And this yeah. was about, this, the first tour was 96. So I, I know the bad company back then and Free had combined about 70, about 70 million. And Frampton said, oh, well, we've got, you know, I think Frampton Comes Alive and my other sold about uh, 80 million or 90. And Jack Bruce chimed in and said, well, I'm not sure, but maybe 50 or 60 million. These are albums, by the way. And yeah. Ringo walks in and we say, hey, Ring Richie, um, <laughs> how, many albums, how many albums did, did the Beatles say? Sell, he said about two billion. Now, come on, let's fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! 
talk about oh, that. Like, I can see it. I can see hey, those, that hey, dry humor. Hey, those That's days are thing. over. Those days oh, are oh, over. Oh, totally. God. I mean, what do you guys – so on that, on that question – where do you guys see? I mean, obviously, it's all downloads now. It's all, I mean, but where does the artist come in to make their end on these deals? Is it strictly on touring? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was until the COVID. Yeah, unless, oh, you're, yeah, like Con- unless you're like Kanye West that sells 130 million streams, he'll make himself a half a million bucks, you know. But exactly. It's, it's Exactly. But, it's like, But that's not it, like the money that we used to make. Yeah, especially because of duet with uh, Taylor Swift. We'd love to see that. Um, so, you guys, uh, what have you guys been doing? Simon, what have you been doing during the whole COVID thing, keeping yourself busy? You know busy? what? I, I've never been more busy doing nothing. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I swear to God. Because yeah, that's a good way. I have a studio but... in my house in, in Montauk. And, you know, not a big thing. It's It's got all the basic, the Pro Tools and so on, and obviously a couple of kits. And I've done an album, a complete album, with a, a great singer and songwriter in England. Uh, I've done one to about six or seven sessions over the last year. I do a lot of songwriting. I scored a movie. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've actually been really <laughs> But now it's starting to taper off. And uh, I, I was speaking with uh, Fleetwood. You know, Mick, you know, he's in Hawaii and saying, you know, we're all desperate to get out. I said, why don't we all go out in, like, one big package tour, like from the 60s, <laughs> like Bad yeah. Company and Aerosmith and Fleetwood Mac and Melancholy, yeah. you know, and then you two and the Stones all go out together <laughs> because we're all straining at the leash. Way yeah. the light. I don't know if it'll be this year. I really don't, but things don't go 2022. I yeah. heard that somebody said uh, to uh, the Stones, I was talking to somebody in Live Nation, and they said, for the Stones, because they do stadiums, they said, don't even right. think about going out until the summer of 2022. Wow. Because yeah. because in order for them to go out, there's such a huge production, you got to fill seats. So how right. are you going to yeah. fill, you got to fill yeah. a stadium yeah. to have all the planes and the buses and the gear. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I got to tell you, even uh, you know, like in our industry, as far as you know, my size venues. Yeah. Uh, con- uh, con- conversely, I mean, I've been you know, this is actually today is a one year anniversary of our complete lockdown, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. and, um, you know, it's been nuts. But we've been here. And obviously, you guys know I'm in Chicago, and and we're in Illinois, which is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest, state in the union right now with what we're going through. But all of a sudden, things are starting to lessen up, and we really think that by July. We're going to be doing something. We really do this year. Yeah. But what, I wanted what, to ask you because um, we actually had you booked. Like, I've been trying to get you. You know, uh, I met first Kenny. I first met Kenny uh, when we was doing the Bodines by us a hundred times. Um, but I've been trying to get you at your solo show probably four times. And it's all during this COVID thing. So I'm curious. Can you tell? Because we got a lot of people from here uh, watching. Tell me what your solo show is all about. You talk about me? No, I'm talking about Simon right now. Oh, oh mine well uh it's a bit of everything really you know i, I play guitar and piano and um, wow uh, so i do you know i do songs from free i do songs from bad company i do my own songs and then right at the end i hate doing them but i do a drum solo i fucking hate drums. oh yeah <laughs> there you go it's so boring. that's it I do like hey, we only go through the, well, we only we only go through the twelve or fifteen songs to get to the drum solo. I just want yeah, you to know. No. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, Simon Simon sings his ass off that too. He does uh, sing wow, I can't yes, wait. I gotta see good. this. Uh, hey, I'll play drums in your band then. Listen, <laughs> you listen playing in front of you, Aaron, off would like would be like pissing into Niagara Falls. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Simon, you're the only band that Kenny has a big part. You really no. are. Uh, you're a great Kenny, one. how about you? I know you've been uh, you've been doing some speaking. You've been doing some other things. What have you been? What's to keep you busy? Well, I was I, I saw the writing on the wall a long time ago when the when the you know the record sales tanked the budgets tanked so I got my own studio this is the control room so I I, I was ready to do sessions and I my I was curious like when the pandemic hit 
if people would want to, you know, if they had the money, they they got to buy food. But it didn't slow down because music makes people feel so good. So I've been hey. doing a lot of recording. Good. I did. Uh, I'm working on uh, Joe Satriani record. We're almost done because I was supposed to go on tour with him. His record entered the charts at number eight, and then wow, everything complete so joe went well let's make another record so <laughs> i i've been doing sessions uh -huh. as a matter of fact someone sent me a track edgar winner you're gonna love this no yeah. Ring, ringo's playing drums uh um michael mcdonald singing and uh oh joe no. oh, joe walsh is on guitar and they oh, just want to put they just want me to put some shakers on it to grease it up. So, I mean, so that thing's working. But now the speaking thing, I had all these gigs booked and they got canceled. So I converted my studio into a place where I can do virtual speaking. Four TV wow. monitors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a switcher. I got two cameras, one on me in a speaking location and one on the drum location. I got, I mean, it's just the whole setup. And uh, so I already did two virtual corporate speaking. I have an agent that books this shit. And um, yeah, so I already, so yeah, Chris, right. And so I already got two. My goal was to get set up so that this year I could do some, but I did one at the end of last year and one this year, so I reached that goal. So that was gratifying that, you know, I had the vision, I was proactive, I spent the money, and I got the gig, a couple of gigs, which yeah. paid for the all the, the expenses. So um, that, so what do you I, speak I'm about, Kenny? Sorry, man, what, what, what do you speak? I mean, it's like a... Uh, well, the first thing I... Yeah, it's inspirational. It started when I had this. I have a, uh, an autobiography that I wrote, and then oh, and, and <laughs> me, same me name. And Car me and Carmine came up with the same name without even knowing it. Go on. Accidentally, <laughs> accidentally, we my, both. My book was called Stick It, and then I found mine came out first, and then his book right after me came out. You know, no, Stick you call this. No, it's the other part. Sex, sex, drums, oh, sex drums and rock and roll, yeah. And mine is sex drums, rock and roll. Oh, I thought it was stick it too. No, it's sex drums, oh, rock and roll. So, oh. so anyway, Simon, what happens? I start getting asked to speak, and then I put a show together, and I accidentally ran into this agent, Chris, right. and I had a meeting with him, and he told me, I said, you know, I love, I'd love to speak, and he explained to me. It's way more complicated and way more involved yeah. Oh, yeah. than I, I ever thought. He gave me some things to work on. I came back three years later. Wow. And I had ah. invested in, I had got a writer. I had put together a show. It, it has yeah. to have, it has to have a meaning that is not about me. It's about you. How can I help you? But right. us being without everybody having the careers we have, when you start telling your story, it's all about you. So it's a very, very tricky uh, yeah. a line where you have to pivot it so that the your story is there, but the message has to go back to them. And so right. anyway, I, it's a continual study. As a matter of fact, when this pandemic started, I took four courses online that different things. Uh, one was a speaking one, one was a positive intelligence one, one was uh, about one of the biggest uh, team builders, takes companies from a million to a billion, billion to trillions. And I was fascinated by these people and I learned a lot. I took a couple ideas and put them into my speaking. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, something that I, I, I I'm not a songwriter, you know, I, this is something that was natural for me to do. And so, uh, yeah, I've created this inspirational thing and it's a putting, it's like a show, but it's, you know, speaking, I do perform a little bit, but it's really, that's just the entertainment part. And I wow. think that's what's really come out of this that's cool. quite a bit, you know, so many other opportunities with regards to virtual, even when the live comes back, I don't, the virtual isn't going anywhere and it gives a lot more opportunity, a lot more depth, a lot, a lot more options out there. So I think what you're going to do is you're just, I think that part is really going to explode because as you're doing your live stuff, you're letting people know that I've got this other option. And I think people are just going to talk all over because yeah. everybody loves the behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, let me say this much, that in the speaking world, uh, they're going to have it so you can either show up at the venue or you can stay at home. So yeah. And you know, that's what we're kind of, you know what that is? It's what the challenge with that is? It's the whole rights thing. 
because that's what we're going through right now. We're like, okay, what about the people? Can we can we do the pay per view? People who want to stay home or people want to come? And there's that whole ASCAP BMI CSAC mm-hmm. thing that we're trying to work through. So that's going to be a tough one. You know, Simon, um, one of the things on this show that we do every once in a while, we talk about um, like cool band names, and I just mm-hmm. want to bring up. Black Cat Bones, uh-huh. which I think really, that's going to be man. part of on our list, I think. Where did that come from? No, that was a great, and you know, that changed my life because in 1968, I was 19, and I'd just come down to, to London from the country. I'm a you know, country boy, and I'd made a deal with my parents that after two years between high school and college, give me two years just to let me try and do something and, and get somewhere. And the last month, of the 24 months, there was a magazine called Melody Maker. It's just yeah. Before, yeah, I sure. guess you guys all know it. Very famous. And in the back of the the ads, right. in in this blues club called the Nags Head Blues Club, named after my ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> there, was this, <laughs> there was this. There was this name, Black Cat Bones. I thought, what a great name! It's a really, really good it name. Is. And and but it was a blues band, and the only trouble was it was way across London, a long subway ride. So I tossed a coin. Either I, you know, I stay at home in my little bed bed studio, or I go and see this band. And it came down tails, and I went and I saw this band, and I walked in, and who was playing guitar but Paul Kossoff? Mm. And I thought, wow, he's fantastic. He was he was so good. The band were, you know, they weren't great. They were playing like old standards like Crossroads and Rock Me Baby, but they weren't very good. But Koss was really, really good. And and the long long story short, I spoke to him and and he was forming he said the the drummer was leaving uh, and they were auditioning drummers the next day and I went and, and I got the job. And six months later we formed free. So when you wow. mentioned Ron, when you mentioned Black Cat Bones, I go, Oh, you know Not right. it, it, it opened the door. I wouldn't be here but for the Black Cat Bones. See for us Black Cat Bones a badass title. For you it's a heartwarming title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. We had we had a song with Jeff Beck BBH Black it's called Cat Black Cat Moan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Very similar. Yeah. It's on my. Uh, is there is there any of the black cap bones? Is there any of the black cap bones material? You know, again, we're finding that a lot of these uh, the guys have been on and they've been part of this band and that band. But then many of them are going back to that original. Hey, we had one album or we had one tour, and are you going to do another reunion? I mean, we got some of those deep fans. Any chance of you doing anything like that? With Black Cat Bones? I don't think so. I mean, I mean we did one album with this guy called Champion Jack Dupree, who was a New mm-hmm. Orleans uh, barrel house piano player, but he lived in the north of England. He was a real character. And he, he had the Black Cat Bones um, backing him. We made one album on the Blue Horizon label called When You Feel the Feeling You Was Feeling. So for any aficionados of albums out there, very rare albums, and that was me and Paul Kossoff. Uh, and that was 1960, uh, the middle of 68. So, yeah. Hmm. What a cool t-shirt that must be, Black Cap Bones. Yeah. Um, you know what? The other hey, night. Come in, why aren't you wearing it? I know. Good, well, you know what? Because <laughs> then he's picking on me, and I, I thought a couple. See, guys, I usually wear a t-shirt. It's a whole long story with the band's names ah. on it. Vinny picks on me, so I dressed up nice for Vinny, awkwardly enough. Thank you very much. Hey, Simon, so your parents were okay with that, that you'd made the deadline, right? Uh, you know what? That uh, that window was closing and closing. Yeah, and that was the last, last month. And, and, and then when Free, Free didn't really take off, but I was able to write home and say, you know, Mom and Dad, uh, I'm going to make a go of this because Black Cat Bones was a professional band. And suddenly we had, you know, they gave me a, my first ever date sheet. I don't know if you remember, guys, your first <laughs> date sheet. Like one minute you're in bloody Philadelphia, then you're in, you know, Detroit, and yeah. then Chicago, and then Miami. And it was, it was a dream come true for me. But, but when, when Paul Kossoff said to me a few months later, he said, look, I'm tired of playing these same 12, boom, 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 boom. You know, I want to do something. And I've met this singer called Paul Rogers. Uh, he wants to lead the yeah. form of our own band, and I said, you know, okay, I gotta just chop that phone off. So over to nope. you for a moment. No hey, problem. You know, 
I got to tell you this funny story. Uh, I'm going to wait for Simon, but I was like, but I was nobody. It was 1978. Simon, I, it was 1978. I was just in a fusion band and we were playing in Memphis. And uh, yeah. I went, right, exactly. So I went to the arena and you guys were there setting up really? to do a sound check. 1978 yeah. or oh 79. Yeah, and I'm playing in a club. You know, just like, oh, God, someday I hope I make it. And, and you guys were, so it's like, it's like, whoa. And the same is for, for Carmine, because, I mean, I remember watching Vanilla Fudge on TV going, God damn. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck. You know? Yeah. And, and, so remember, see, remember when we met when you were with John Cougar and, and Billy Gaff was managing John? <laughs> Billy Gaff managed Rod. Yeah, and I remember going to a bunch of parties and, and yeah. meeting you for the first time at one of those yeah. parties. Yeah. And, and how about when we did the clinic together and you had a kidney stone? <laughs> In Albany, right? <laughs> oh, wow. that was bad. Dude, yeah, uh, Carmine, well, I was in pain. Oh, Carmine felt so bad. Well, I, what happened is typical what happened to me is like I, I got a kidney stone only three times in my life and then all of a sudden it went away. But uh, Carmine had, I, I, I think it had just started to come on. You get yeah. this pain in your back. It was my second one. So at least I knew what was happening. And I went, oh, shit, here it comes. So you start drinking yeah. lots of water. But it wasn't, it hadn't done its thing yet. And uh, Carmine yeah. felt so bad. He came to my hotel room and says, what can I do? What can yeah. I do? I was like, probably. You didn't look good. would have done that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you many, know, I mean, many. the second one, I was in Germany, and I was in the oh, Reaper, the oh. Reaper bomb. Remember the Reaper bomb? Oh, yeah. the Reaper oh, bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was in the Reaper bomb, and it just was not quite. There was something I felt weird, like I wasn't in the, you know, the promoter was offering me all kinds of shit, and I'm like, ah, you know, I just don't. I'm not into it, and I'm like, why aren't you not into it? And all of a sudden, Ugh! That's why I'm not into it. <laughs> it was like, oh. So by the next morning on the way to the hospital, you guys, the kidneys don't hurt so much. I'm banging uh. my head into the w window because you're just going out of your mind. Because yeah, yeah. it's not a throbbing pain. It's a constant pain. They wouldn't let, they wouldn't let the German promoter to go in there with me. I didn't speak German. And they, they wouldn't do anything for me. And I'm trying to explain the oh, news. All, all I need is a little morphine. She wouldn't give it to me. I'm not kidding. I finally grabbed her by the shirt, threw her up against the wall and said, listen, if you don't give me any morphine, I'm going to destroy this entire hospital. <laughs> wow. Okay. I got the morphine. I had one on the road, too. Uh, I don't remember who I was playing with, but. I yeah. felt it coming on, and, and the next day, I think it was Vanilla Fudge, I felt it coming on. Yeah. The next day, I spent the whole time in the, in the Washington airport, and it was delayed. Oh. And I, I had gallons of water I was drinking. Yeah. I was there so long, the kidney stone went away. Right? Wow. That's how long I was there. Nice. Yeah. You know no, how funny they... it is? It's cool, because we're doing this rock and roll show, but it kind of shows our age when the topic becomes kidney stones. So it's hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. What wait about, a minute. I got it. I got it in my twenties. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> what about, I got it in my fifties. <laughs> oh, that's what still about, young. Uh, that's still young. <laughs> hey, Ron. Hey. How's everybody's fiber going? <laughs> there is a sale on Metamucil uh, coming up this weekend. So I'm really yeah. excited. One last thing. And then the last one with me and Kenny on the phone at the Rapungi Prince Hotel in Japan. Right? I found out what he says. I called him. And we're talking on the phone. I don't know how long. An hour? Yeah. And then we said, hey, dude, let's go in the coffee shop. What are we doing on the phone? Right? <laughs> <laughs> then we finally went down to the coffee shop and hung out there for a while. But when you're in Japan, anybody that speaks English, yeah, you want know, to you want to yeah. talk for a while, you know. Oh yeah, big time. I forgot about that. It was great. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was Japanese great. audiences. First time we ever played in Japan is free, 
you know, we didn't know, but it was impolite to clap between songs, and we thought we were dying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I said to our road, road he said, what the fuck's going on? And, and the promoter said, it's okay, it's okay. And at the end of the show, they threw little dolls, they all rushed the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't clap between songs. Is that true to today, do you think? No, no. it's a little, it's a little different now. Yeah, hey, I did Simon. a drum solo in, in Japan, yeah. and I you know, bah, 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 and stop, and you expect, yay! And it was nothing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Now what? You that a freak out moment, man. I just gave yeah. you my best shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I don't know another yeah. part. Do you guys remember when the when the concert's over, they file out like uh, soldiers? Yeah, yeah. 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 they go the front. The front rows go. Second rows. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> really? Yeah, love, love man, love. Yeah, that. yeah. That's scary. Simon, when Free was coming out, we learned a lot about different bands. And when Free was at its height, what kind of a touring band were you as it pertains to, like, guys, like, the backstage? Were you guys, like, nuts? Were you guys all to yourselves? Were you, like, really enjoying the fame? We were the latter. We were four kids, really. I mean, we were a very young band, but we toured constantly. And people don't realize that, how young you were. Yeah, we were. I was the oldest, and I was nineteen when, when we mm-hmm. kicked it off. Wow! Whoa. Yeah, they're crazy. Wow. Six months younger than me. Paul Kossoff was seventeen, and Andy was sixteen. He he wasn't even shaving. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we stopped. We we were constantly touring. I didn't do one session. Free was together five years. I was not allowed. I don't know, but I never did one session outside of Free. We were such yeah. a close knit band. Um, I, except that's Steve cool. That's good though. Free. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it was. I think that's cool. Uh, so when Free finally broke up, you know, and I sort of emerged into the sunlight, you know, I got a lot of offers. Oh, we fi- we finally, you know, got hold of you to so and so. But we were a very insular unit and i think i like that you know hey guys we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors welcome back to our hanging and banging podcast i'm ron onesti here with Vinny apice and of course the legendary carmine apiece yeah yeah the reason why i got into the session thing with john mellencamp we're like flying around in private jets selling out arenas and i was just on salary you know even though it was a band John comes up to comes up to me the last show at Milwaukee Fest in your area around Milwaukee yeah. Summerfest, and he goes throws me. We're selling out arenas, no opening acts, three hundred sixty degrees. We were the bad mofos. He sends me a check. Here's your fucking bonus check, Aronoff. Hey, don't spend it in one place. I'm quitting the music business for three years. I went, holy shit, and I just gotten divorced. So I'm like. Oh. I mean, he, he, he didn't, but the way he delivered that message, I I thought, oh, my God, I'm at the mercy of one guy. So I went, all right, instead of working for one rock star, I'm going to work for all the other ones. And that's yeah. what got me into doing sessions. I never wanted to be in a situation like that again where I was at the mercy of one guy. And that's yeah. what got my whole session thing going. I never forgot that. Because I literally... Funny. Yeah, I mean, shit, I literally had, like, I added it up after giving my wife the settlement. I had, like, five months' worth of money to pay my bills. And I went, I'm never going to be in that place again. Yeah. Interesting. You know, talk about free and not doing sessions. Same thing with Vanilla Fudge. We, you know, we did, nobody did sessions, you know. The band yeah. was just Vanilla Fudge, tight. Yeah. After we right. broke up, then me and Tim started doing some stuff we did. I think the first outside session I ever did was with Jan Ackerman from Focus oh, yeah. on his solo right. album. And uh, and I got to play a little more jazz, rocky kind of stuff. And, yeah. But that was not till like 72, maybe. You know, I'm hmm. already in Cactus and on the way to BBA. You know, Ken, uh, Kenny, one, so the other night, you know, we all, now we're trying to figure out stuff to do. We're very busy. We're all very busy in our worlds, but I'm, I'm scrolling YouTubes and stuff, and I saw this great, tribute to the Beatles and the tribute to the Beatles was with Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney and it was at the Kennedy Center Honors and you're playing drums and another thing that I don't think enough people realize just how many of those Kennedy Center Honors I know you did two Grammy Award shows uh, I, did, I did seven 
Grammys? Wow. No, I did seven Kennedys. Yeah, the Kennedys, right. And, and that Beatles tribute was a CBS special called The Night That Changed America. Right. I did, I did Paul McCartney. You probably saw the Paul McCartney with uh, Steven Tyler. Right. That, uh, and that was at the Kennedy Center Honors, yeah. Well, take us behind, because that's one of my favorite things. Like, when when uh, when uh, Zeppelin was uh, honored and... Uh, yeah, and, I did uh, that uh, one, too. Art came out. You were, you were part of that, weren't you? I did. I did Lenny Kravitz and Kid Rock. And then Jason Bonham came out and did the Zeppelin yeah. part. There's a funny story about that. I get a call. I, 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 I email or text the producer and I said, hey, what's 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 going on this year? And they go, it's going to be a black dog and a rock and roll night. I went, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> Zeppelin? They went, yeah. So I went, all right. So then I'm going to be playing with everybody, seven artists. And then two weeks later, they go, Oh my God, guess what? The Foo Fighters are doing it. And I went, awesome. And then I realized, oh shit, that means I'm not doing rock and roll and I'm not doing Black Dog. Okay, but you got to have the Foo Fighters. That makes a great show. And then finally, I'm going to do Stairway to Heaven. And they go, go, "Uh, who do you think should do uh, better with that song? Uh, The Heart Sisters or Beth Hart? I went, well, they both are phenomenal, but I would go with Hart because they did Zeppelin when they were kids in clubs. Mm-hmm. And you got Nancy can play the guitar real good, and Ann obviously is badass. So they went, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is great because I love those girls. So then all of a sudden I get a call. Well, uh, guess what? You're not doing that either. <laughs> 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 they said we got Jason Bonham, and I went, well, duh. You know, so anyway, so the Kennedy Center Honors is the most intense, uh, the Super Bowl to me, because you have to be able to read like a motherfucker and they don't even, they don't even tell you the songs until a week before then. So what I do is I listen to the, the original recordings, but then I go on YouTube and see, like, for example, when we honored Sting, Bruno Mars was one of the guys, and I, I noticed that Bruno does a, a, a police medley. So then I started to make charts of what he does with that. Anyway, we get to the Kennedy Center Honors on Thursday night, Friday morning. I come in there, make sure I'm situated. I'm just sitting there waiting for the MD to bring his charts in. And as soon as he hands the charts out, I start looking at mine and looking at his on. Holy shit! They changed the arrangement. Oh, so man. I'm trying to move letter A to here and B there, and cross out that chorus, and and then he's going, "All right, let's pick this song." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I'm moving fast, and and then we rehearse that with the band, make all the adjustments, make all my changes. This way, write it down. I can't remember shit. So yeah. then we go through all the songs. Then the artists come in. And they change it again. <laughs> and then, oh, my God. So then that night I go back and rewrite everything. Then we come in and do a camera block. And then, you know, there's more tweaks. I remember Sting coming up to me when we were honoring McCartney. And he's got the last of the seven guys. And he's going, hey, could you? And I'm like, yes, I can. I go, don't fuck up, Sting said to me. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just don't want to fuck up and you know it's a 16 camera shoot they're filming it and i have a script of the show so i know when to count off who to count off who to give the temp like maybe give the temper to the md it's all this other shit besides playing drums it's like nerve-wracking wow. it's really wow. nerve-wracking were you, the, were you on the beth hart jeff beck rather go blind song no no that was one where i did didn't they wanted um uh, the the musical director wanted to have a different drummer for that that where they were who were they honoring I forget um, Buddy Guy yeah did you Buddy say Buddy Guy, guy? yeah <laughs> they brought in yeah they brought in uh, uh, Charlie Drayden to play drums and then Buddy Guy had his drummer on it yeah I didn't get to play but didn't matter I enjoyed I mean I'll tell you man <laughs> anything that Jeff Beck is on I don't even yeah. pay attention to anybody but him. It's like he's singing it, and I'm going, "What the fuck is he playing?" It's amazing. No, you know what? It absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's a ton of stuff that Carmine did with Jeff, of course. But one of yeah. my favorite things is the Kennedy Center honors when he and Beth Hart, and he opens up. It's one of the most amazing oh, car rips you'll see. Yeah. 
Uh, what's happening? So, I mean, bad companies still going out, right? I mean, obviously, regardless of COVID, oh, yeah. what happens, but they're still, they're still well, coming, they're still we, coming, uh, right? Yeah. We had a, a big turn with uh, Rod, you know, Rod Shirt this summer, or rather last summer that uh, obviously what? came to nothing. Um, so we're just waiting like everyone else, but we still have a pretty damn good band. You know, as long as Paul's singing, then uh, I'm happy. Yeah. He's such a good singer. How about but, that voice? Uh, you know, huh? We're just running our fingers like everyone else. Yeah. Paul was always uh, one of Rod Stewart's favorite singers. When, oh, uh, yeah. When I was with Rod, he would always, he'd always say, you know, that he loved Paul. Hey, but, hey, uh, Simon. I, I, Simon, I got to share something with you. So, yeah. Simon, somebody, during the COVID, I got talked into doing a drum book, which is, I thought, and the guy said, well, it's for Hal Leonard. They said, it'll be easy. I'll do everything. You just sign off. And they said, there's going to be 12 songs that you're going to play and record. I went, eh, okay. Well, anyway, long and short of it. So one of the songs they picked for to help kids understand groove and time is Can't Get Enough, right? Oh, wow. Recorded. Yeah. Now, but I'm such a stickler for doing it actually the way it's really done. So I'm listening to you play. I got my hand on the subwoofer of a speaker trying to That's identify. Yeah, is that a bass <laughs> drum or is that, or is that a bass? Dude, this is page one. Page Whoa. one, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy wow, really? That's you. <laughs> that, that's page two. Wait a minute. Hey, is that, is that the one you're doing with Dave, Dave Hakim? No, that's a different one. Okay. So this is with uh, Rick Mattingly. Wow. But so, well, the thing about, dude, funny, Kenny, the, the thing about Can't Get Enough is about after the guitar solo, instead of doing the fours on the, the hi-hat, I do the start, the, the shuffle, the Mick Fleetwood. Doom, 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 doom. And that you just did? Came out of, out of I couldn't air. hear that. I couldn't hear yeah. that, so I keep it quarter notes. I should call you up. And, and so, I, dude, every single note, here's wow. what I pride myself. Every <laughs> single note, Every note, every single note is on the recording I did for the book. I am every impressed. single. Really I'll send it to you. The, the, the <laughs> trick is, the God trick bless is, you. God bless you, Kenny. Because when it comes to that, I get somebody yeah. to write it out for. Yeah, me. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, this like what people don't realize. You go do da do do da do do da, but the pre-chorus do do da do 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 da with the foot, right? Right. Exactly and there's right. and so I'm <laughs> trying to feel the oh my and you see these charts you go online they skip ninety percent of it they don't oh get yeah right. no, sure. so so here's one that's really hard so they want me to do pride and joy so I call up Chris Layton I say Chris what the fuck were you playing he says I don't I, I don't know we were just playing <laughs> well that couldn't have been charted. No, 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 not at all. But, so, so I charted it, though. So here's what Chris does, you guys. So what he does most of the time, he says, I play quarter notes on the ride cymbal, quarter notes on the bass drum, and the left hand, of course, do-do-dat, do-do-dat, do-do-dat. But his main groove, which I never heard of, is called the rub shuffle. It's going into one and three, does a not gaga. He goes like a rock. So what I'm going to do in that particular song is uh, I'm going to say that's the, the basic beat, but in the solo I go do do da do 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 da, and the message to the, to the listener is like you should be able to try to be able to play both of them, and you decide when to use one or the other. Let the music dictate, you know. That's yeah. what Chris said. He always said, I just did whatever the music sort of dictated. Yeah. True. What a nightmare, though. Getting in the way of the singer, you know, it's all, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not being, you know, but really the singer is the guy yeah. you've got to provide. And we all know this. You have to provide that bedrock for him. And I, I don't know about you, but I watch Paul like a hawk. I, I guess Carmine used to watch Rod. Kenny used yeah. to watch yeah. um, all of them. John all of them. Oh, my God. No. Well, the good, no. Thing, the good thing about when you play with a band like BBA and the drummer's singing, you watch yourself. <laughs> All right. So I'd like to see you chart out one of those songs, Kenny. You'd be seeing a lot of notes. 
So how much of that coming from again a fan? I mean, yeah. obviously you're doing a bad company show. I would imagine everything's pretty much the same from a from a structure standpoint. But yeah. how often does that happen? When or does Paul ever throw you a curveball? Or or Kenny? Does any one of the guys you all of a sudden say, "Wait yeah. a second, what, what are we doing here?" In, sure. in a live show, does that happen? Sure. Uh, often? Yeah. 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 Because uh, how about yeah, Paul? I mean, with, Paul is pretty. And back in the early days when we also used to smoke a lot of dope, and I remember we did which was one ready for love, and it's just this A minor to D, A minor to D, waiting for Paul to come in, and he's so out of it. That he's just sort of looking around. And Boz, you know, Boz Burrell, our dear departed bass player, after about 35 seconds, just sort of sidled up to Paul and said, Sing. <laughs> because he was just gone, you know. And, but I don't know about you, but really, once we've got a, a you know a beginning, a middle, and the end of a song, it doesn't really alter that much. It would feel yeah. like making love or shooting star is pretty much you know hard and fast. You can't really screw around with with those arrangements. You know that that's the way yeah. it is. We just played songs. I know BBA was different, much more loose. Yeah, you know, yeah, but uh, that's how bad company was, and still. Well, is. How do you guys do this? You know, like Carmine, you had several incarnations of of you. You know, with with what you did. Aside from forget about the Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart thing. I'm talking about Fudge and and your BB. And, you know, your incarnations, and you know, Simon. You obviously got uh, Free and, and and BC. When you go from a band from one band to another, how much structurally? Or stylistically, does that change? Do you try to, okay, this is the bad company sound. So, I mean, this is the free sound. So now the bad company sound has got to be this. Does that well, happen? Well, bad no, company and free were similar. Bad company and free were, were similar. Mm -hmm. They no, were similar because, you know, we had the same singer. And yeah. quite honestly, I mean, free was, was a bit of a millstone towards the end. It's common knowledge that we had... You know, Paul Kosov had drug problems, and we broke up and reformed. And you all know that once a band breaks up and reforms, it's never really the same. Yeah. So when we we transferred over to Bad Company, we got Mick Ralphs in, wonderful guitarist, not a genius, but I was fed up with working with geniuses. They're a pain in the ass. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I'll give me a good. Me a That's good why guy. I don't work with Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work with them. We never planned anything and and, and, and with Bad Company, Paul Rogers was able to play guitar. He plays very good guitar. And, and people don't know that. So, wow. No, I, not wow. many people know that. He's a very good guitarist. So we managed to do that double uh, dual sort of Allman Brothers solo and can't get enough. Down, da, 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 down, down. And Paul and Mick would play back to back, and, and wow! So the sound was kind of fuller with an extra guitar. Oh Free yeah! Was just one guitar, one bass, one drummer, one singer. Uh, but nothing was really finagled. We just played and let it all come out in in the wash, you know. And you, you're you're arranging, Kenny. Is that you know it, 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 on the style thing? And going back just a second. To the Kennedy Center Honors, you know those those uh, those mashups kind of yeah. kind of you had like Springsteen and Axl Rose, and you had yeah. some different. I mean, right. two two different all okay. paddling styles. Okay, I'll tell you something. Listen, to this. So the first one I did, the first Kennedy Center Honors, it's the Who we're honoring and George Jones. <laughs> right. This oh. is so, so Dave Grohl is there doing the who segment. So I said, Dave, check this out. And he had no clue because all Dave has to do is be Dave. So I said in the George with the who, obviously it's got, playing like Keith, you know, you're on top of the beat, you're playing all over the place, slamming, bashing, crashing. But I said for, for the country, for George Jones, uh, the bass drum pedal, you don't bury the beater. You come off the head, the snare drum. I always hit a rim shot for George Jones. I hit the center of the drum. Hi-hat, very soft, very soft. The drums, the bass drum is only supposed to add a, a little bit of impact so you hear the bass 
guitar tones. The snare drum is just to give everybody some backbeat. Hi-hat is like a very soft click track. For George Jones, it's not about the drums. You're just a timekeeper with feel. Dave Grohl was like, he sat and watched me at rehearsal like, I didn't realize. I went, well, I am an, I am an actor. In this movie, I am, and in that movie, right. I mean, seriously, it's like literally, stylistically, it's just com it's yeah. completely different. I, I, I felt that when I played uh, with Rod Stewart, because we would play you know, hard rock stuff like Hot Legs, and yeah. then we'll be doing You're In My Heart, which on the record, I use brushes, you know? Right, well, exactly. And, and, and exactly. then we would do Tonight's Tonight, and I had to do the same thing, not hit the rim shot, hit more in the middle of the drum, and... and uh, lay exactly. off the hi-hat and the bass drum is a little lighter yeah so you, you have to sometimes depending on who you're playing with you have to adjust to that you know not yeah. me not, not Vinny. me not me not me rim shots baby Vinny, tell him tell him your tell kenny your website tell simon your website when we first started with websites i put on my website the Vinny Appleseed, the loudest drummer in rock <laughs> no one plug shit, no love songs, no ballads, no problem. And then Carmine said, no gigs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, my friend. That's, yeah. That's, true. That, that's almost like a joke. But he did do okay without, without all yeah, that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Simon, what do yeah. you, you got something? Because I got to bail out soon. Um, sure. Yeah, I have after two, two shit. Three guys. You got a favorite drum? I have a you snare have, drum, I do. Your favorite snare, basically a snare. My favorite snare drum, drum which, is, uh, which I modeled my signature snare drum over, is the Ludwig... 1962 5x14 Superphonic 400. Come on, right? Come oh, on. Wow. Come yeah. on. So now, yeah. and so what I do now, my favorite snare combination, so it's because it's, it's got brass in it. I put a die cast hoop on the top, triple flange on the bottom. And the die cast gives it crack, and the triple flange <laughs> lets it breathe. If you put a die cast on the bottom, it chokes it. So die cast on the top, Triple flange on the bottom. Holy guys! In, in forty shows with many many drummers, first time we're actually talking hardware. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. right. Yeah. That's right. Hey guys, I haven't asked this question in a while, uh, and What's especially you? Kenny. I wait, see wait, 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 wait. Let's stop it, Ron. I'm sorry. Sure. What's sure. your favorite snare, Simon? I got a Black Beauty ninety seventy four. Uh, Ludwig uh, Brass. Ludwig. What size? What size? <laughs> oh, wow. What size? Wow. What size? I'm going to be buried it, with it. Is it, five, is it probably <laughs> five inch? Probably is, five it five, inch. is it five by 14 or six and a half like the bottom? Uh, five, five and a half by 14. And, uh, so it's probably know. five by 14. Yeah. Is it five? Yeah. See, what do I know? It's a five by 14. Are you saying you used everywhere. that one? Are you, using, are you saying you used uh, this pretty much the same one on all the hits? On every bad company track, this, this snare drum is wow, been, uh, and what a great whoa. sound! On great sound. I use I use the Ludwig five by fourteen Super four hundred on every Rod Stewart track, on every Rod Stewart wow. album, and the BBA Baby, album, don't, don't break the and the Vanilla Fudge album. The Vanilla Fudge, I went. It's uh, oh. I was the first guy to have the six and a half inch, you know. Yeah, and I went to the six and a half inch because when I went to the big drums. I said, well, I might as well get yeah. a big snare, too. That well, used to be known as a concert snare drum, an orchestra concert that's snare right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And right. then I, I brought it into rock, and then uh, when I got Bonzo his kit, we bought he bought the same kit, and he was yeah. using the snare forever. And then I went back, like, uh, probably after, like, Cactus, because the, the music was more snappy. You know, yeah, I went right. back to the, to the 5-inch. And one right. time, my favorite snare, my favorite of all time, was been to all these bands with me. I was on stage with Rod, and we did a sound check. We come up with a sound check. One of the trusses fell. Oh, oh shit. No. Right on the snare and crushed it. Oh. I was so pissed yeah. off, not even thinking about 10 minutes before that, I was sitting there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But it crushed my snare drum, and that was the end of that snare drum. Yeah. I love that you, snare. Vinny. What's your oldest? 
actually the same drum, the five, the five inch by fourteen. Uh, wow! All four of us. Here's so that on the first, first Sabbath album. <laughs> and you know, tomorrow I'm having I'm having lunch tomorrow with Bill Ludwig the third. You gotta tell him. He's gonna love it. I'm gonna tell him that, yeah. Dude. Dude, that's so heavy. All, all of us, man. Yeah, all of us. Go but I used to. Yeah. I got a nineteen. I got a nineteen twenty-four Ludwig Black Beauty sitting in here. Yeah, but it's, but it's a fifteen-inch. Oh, so it's got. It does it have eight lugs? Eight lugs? It's got eight lugs on it. I bet. Uh, it's probably got eight made. lugs. Because you know yeah, I think it's got ten lugs, maybe. That's rare because I know because I mean I collected snares and did all those sessions and That's I, more I just than eight got lugs. eight lugs right no ten lugs ten That's lugs. rare That's rare bro Look See the eight the, Look at this thing Wow the eight yeah two lug I, I yeah that's great Now you See, know it's eight. funny Look Look at that this. this is a nineteen sixty eight Ludwig throw off yeah, oh, oh. because oh. It, when I used to use this, and and they had cat scare, they had cat touch snares, yeah. and I couldn't get them. So in '68, I put this, you know, Ludwig '68 on there, which decreased the value of it. But, oh, oh, big time! But, like a, but, went, it went from three thousand to three hundred. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know what? It sounds great. Yeah, it sounds I know. great. The fifteen inch are rare, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, our time is almost up, but I just want to ask one last question because, especially you know, Kenny, I'm looking at all your jewelry hanging on the wall there, and um, if if and Simon, if if God forbid your house is on fire and you got to grab one thing to, to to run out the door with, what would it be, Kenny? Uh, I grab. I have a small little safe with some real collectible stuff in it. I grab that. And I could probably well, grab my gun. But wait a second, with some collectible stuff. What? What's what's so valuable? Maybe you don't want to say. It. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't even remember what's in there. And I grab some files, and uh, I just grab a handful of black clothing because I like to wear black. <laughs> and uh, I know where my checkbook is. Maybe I grab my nine. I might grab my nine millimeter. I have a nine millimeter too. You would do your snare drum. I'm thinking, please. I'm begging you. Grab the snare. No. No, my snare drums are at my studio here. Oh, okay. How about I mean, you, I got a oh, is the studio not in your house? Ah. No. Where, oh, we, where's your studio? Oh. What's out? Well, what like, well, I'm in Studio City. You just go toward like uh, Sherman, Sherman, Sherman Way. Way. If you took Lancashire, almost up to Sherman Way, oh, okay. take a, le a left on both There's a lot of places yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Cool. How about you, Simon? Anything? Uh, my first gold record, All Right Now, by Free. And, uh, oh, and yeah. My yeah. That, that, yeah. I know what I would take. My, my laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, sis, you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I would take? Simon's record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, my, uh, <laughs> I've got my last in line picture uh, of me and Vinny that I keep next to my bed, so that's what I would take. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh. hey guys, I I know you guys got to go. We got to run. Thank you. I came to tell you, Simon. Oh, Thank you. Right. Enough. Oh, thanks, guys. Kenny, be Dude. in touch. Be in touch. Kenny. Yeah, I will. Sorry. It's such Sorry. an honor. It's such an honor to be with you guys. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's so right fucking right. cool. Thanks for inviting me. All right, yeah, you guys. No See you soon. Right, take guys care. Out. See ya. Thank Bye. you very much. Hey, everybody, make sure you like us, you share. We are now on Apple Podcasts Live. Yeah. So check yeah. us out there. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. We need you to like us. We need you to share. Tell everybody about Hanging and Banging, Artists on Lockdown, where each week, every Thursday, we talk to the top in rock and roll, especially behind the music and in front of the microphone. So until next Thursday, Carmine, Vinny, we'll see you next week, right? See you next week, bro. Ciao. Come in. Oh, I'm kidding. You're amazing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye.